we're joining the ranks of the rest of the NBA media on this episode by trying to dissect the Anthony Davis story top from bottom where the Celtics fall in, and almost most importantly, what's Kyrie thinking? I'm Topher Lane alongside Justin Quinn, but as always, thank you for listening. We really appreciate if you would subscribe and rate us five stars or leave a review, but let's jump right in with some rumors. We'll start with the obvious one. Anthony Davis wants out. Justin, what are your thoughts? I want out. I want out. I want out of this nonsense. I want, I want off this ride. It is too fast and too (laughs) crazy and I'm all set. The, The easiest thing I can say is the only thing that's keeping me sane is remembering what week it is. Uh, if I still feel this way on the 9th, 8th or 9th of February, uh, we could talk. But for now, for now, I'm just trying to, you know, develop a nice leather thick skin because, oh boy, there's so many things we need to talk about. I, so initially when this came out at like 7 in the morning or whatever time it came out, early in the morning on like Monday, maybe? It's only been a couple Something days. Like that, yeah. yeah. And when it came out, I initially was like, cool, that's fun. Uh, immediately the response from Celtics writers was that the Celtics can't trade for him regardless of whether or not they want to until this summer. Uh, and then it started to get a little bit more crazy. You had the, the rumors of Kyrie suddenly not wanting to resign, wanting to go to LA partially because of the call that he made to LeBron a couple weeks ago, partially because of the interesting video from LeBron to Kyrie a couple days ago. Uh, how are you? I guess, what are your thoughts on all the, just piece it together for me. Cause you've let's, been, you've been our big, yeah. Like, yeah, let's back it up just a little bit and look at it this way. This is the biggest uh, player in terms of talent to move in probably decades, arguably Yo. a decade. Yeah. Paul George, Paul George is, is close. I mean, it, close, but not quite. Not even, no, no, actually, I take that back. No, no, he's not close. He is good. He is, he is what about DeMarcus Cousins? a very good player, but yeah, I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll just say one of the biggest players right. in the last several <laughs> decades, just so we don't get lost in those weeds. So, everybody clearly, if they can't get him, then they want to affect where he goes, you know? So, even there's a lot of vested interests going on here. There's a lot of people with financial interest. There's a lot of people with competition interests. And there's a lot of people that want to retain his services. So, everything that is going on needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Uh, a very fine line between green colored lenses and complete bullshit, uh, just to, you know, put it out there. The timing of the call to LeBron followed by the news about Anthony Davis followed by what seems to be, it could be based partially in fact, it's really hard to tell uh, exactly how everyone feels. The general sense that I get from everyone is that they're just sick of this stuff as much as we are. The the timing of the what seem again what I, I'm saying seems to be a clutch sports sports uh what's LeBron's and Anthony Davis's management the timing of what seems to be a PR onslaught it's like the third time I've said it is very suspect in my mm-hmm. opinion and it seems to be designed to create a wedge between Kyrie and Boston because that is really their best chance realistically with the package that the Lakers have their only chance at forcing a trade early. Uh, they might be able to pull something together in the meantime. I never put it past GMs to to flabbergast us and find out exactly what the other team wants. But keep in mind, 
the Pelicans are the people who will be doing the trading, and they have considerable reasons. Not just for calling, they're not just calling for tampering with the Lakers for LeBron James and this perceived clutch onslaught. They don't like the Lakers as an organization and have not since the Chris Paul trade went down. They are not fans. They have a long time reason to dislike the situation that they are seemingly being forced into. It's like the whole Kawhi trade with steroids added to it in terms of not wanting to deal with a particular organization. Then I think we're all clear on who that is. And there's not a lot of leverage to be had for them unless they create it. So that leads us to where all the other things that we we hear about that may or may not be coming from people with good information or credible information for people with agendas. I, we can talk about, you know, the Rich Paul connections to Chris Haynes and, and Clutch Sports and Windhorst and Brian Windhorst of ESPN and a bunch of other popular names out there. Coupled with what Kyrie said today to the New York, uh, to the New well, to the New York media and the Celtics media uh, before the New York Knicks game tonight in Madison Square Garden, and Kyrie's comments were really anything but what the the Boston fan base wants to hear. Though what you read on Twitter and what you saw in the video, if you watched the video, and you should watch the video. They are pretty widely apart in tone and context. I encourage everyone to listen to them. It's clear that Kyrie is sick of the media. Yeah. And there may be other things going on as well. I'm not going to discount those. Nobody in their right mind should ever not be nervous about a top 20 player saying anything other than, this is my team and this is where I want to be, period. Um, That said, you aren't always going to get that, and you should should still probably be worried about a top 20 player, even if they are saying things like that. What do you think about all this? I think that – I and you and I talked on Monday night. So the, the day that all these rumors came out and the major ones that were speculating where Kyrie wants to be on really July 2nd. Uh, and, and so that was when the Chris Hayes stuff had come out, and I hadn't read any of it. But my – as a 25-year-old, my thoughts are I would just say whatever. Like I, I don't I wouldn't really care, you know, if I'm trying to back anything up. I would just say, like, no, I want to stay in Boston. And it didn't seem like he necessarily walked away from that. It seemed like he is really fed up with the media. And that's partially why I would expect a twenty six year old to be just saying whatever he wants them to say and just not go get too far into the, the conversation because it's just gonna cause him more trouble down the road. The closer to July first the more we're going to hear reporters ask like, so any, any thoughts on where you're going to end up next season, where you want to, what Jersey you want to be wearing next season? You know, you're like, before the Lakers game in March, it's going to be an onslaught of questions for Kyrie. And he's not going to be able to avoid that now. So I, I you know, they are, a lot of the quotes are, you know, extremely blown out. Um, you look at the one that came out from the, the press conference ahead of time saying that, uh, what was it? that he doesn't owe anybody anything. And I think a lot of fans are taking that as he doesn't owe the Celtics anything after he had said uh, that he wants to, you know, have number 11 retired, (laughs) that he wants to be a Celtic for the rest of his career or whatever, all that stuff that he had, you know, said early on. Uh, People think that that probably relates to that. I think it relates more to the media of that. He doesn't owe them any answers to their questions. 
So that's that's unfair. I think that Twitter is making this look a lot worse than it is. That being said, I'm not 100% sold that he does want to re-sign with the Celtics. And I think that if there's an early exit in the playoffs with a team that was supposedly supposed to run the East, that you know it'll be tough to justify saying that in a month, he's going to definitely be staying with the Celtics. I think that's going to be tough to say. So as he said, we're going to have to wait until July 1st to find out the answer. And I think it's going to be speculative until then. And it's, I don't know if there's a way to define the end. I think what we can do is try and dispel a lot of the rumors that have come out, whether that's that he really wants to play with Anthony Davis and LeBron. I, I don't think that he wants to play LeBron again. I think that he left LA because he didn't like playing in LeBron's shadow. And I, I don't think that that's changed. He understands how hard it is to lead. I don't think that means that he wants to stop being a leader. Otherwise, we'd see a change in his mentality here in Boston after he made that alleged phone call. And that doesn't seem like that's happened. So I think he still wants to be a leader. He's just acknowledging how hard it was. And he wants to stay that way. And I feel like that's not fair. I, you know, and also a lot of teams are looking to trade for AD. It's not just the Celtics and not just the Lakers. And a lot of teams are supposedly putting a ton of, of their roster on the line. You have the the Knicks who just traded away KP. So they're not in it anymore, but the Raptors are supposedly interested. Really any team should be interested to try and get AD. Why not give a call? But then on the other hand, you're hearing that the GM of the Pels isn't even taking phone calls. So he may not be interested in any trades whatsoever until this summer. So it's, I, I just, I feel like it's way too much for way too little stuff to actually do something with because there isn't actually any moves that can be made realistically unless somebody throws everything at the wall and maybe the lakers are going to do that but if that doesn't happen if some other team trades for him he's not a free agent until 2020 so i you know i I don't like the idea that we're all just throwing so much at this when there's a it, it would take a recipe perfect recipe of of ingredients to make Kyrie want to leave i think I don't disagree, and I really think that you hit the nail on the head that there's a lot of talk and not a very big horizon for action, at least at present. We we definitely could see something happen, but to date, the most important indications that we have regarding Anthony Davis is that nobody's any closer to a deal than the summer than they were yesterday, period. Mm-hmm. And... Even if everything we're hearing is true, until we get an indication from Danny Ainge, Whip Grousebeck, uh, or any other member of the membership group that they are, in fact, currently now out of the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Like, any indication whatsoever. When we see that, then we know that things are different and that we should start planning the thing differently. But until we hear or read that that is happening or that some trade has happened out of the blue, despite no one expecting, which can totally happen. This is the NBA. We all just need to calm down, stop microanalyzing everything. And if people like Kyrie Irving don't want to have, you know, the microscope hanging over them for the rest of the season, the only answer realistically that anyone is going to believe is I'm not going to talk about that right now because it's affecting my current situation and it's not going to change my future. That being said, what's been your favorite rumor this week? Because there's been a lot of fun ones, <laughs> like realistic or not. There's been a lot of fun rumors. 
Oh, man. I don't even know where to start. Favorite? I don't know if I have a favorite rumor. Just because all of them, all the rumors circulating this week really suck from a Celtics perspective. Well, sure. I really like the Knicks one, though, where the Knicks traded KP so they can open up two max spots for like KD and Kyrie. I really like that one. Oh, that that's hilarious. That's... Because I don't, I don't, I don't see exactly because who the hell after they trade away their centerpiece and <laughs> Chris Stapps decide to like, oh yeah, let's absolutely go play for New York for the worst owner in the NBA. Let's do it. It seems like a great idea. I, I really love that idea. So that, that's one of my favorites, I think. There's, there's a reasonable case to be made that there, that you could see like Kevin Durant having communicated through management that he wants to just get away. But, you know, there's a lot of other free agents out there and there's a lot of moving parts. If, like you said, we get to the point where we have a, like a first round or even a second round exit from the playoffs, maybe that's something to worry about. But I, I'm not worried until I have a reason to worry, you know, beyond the rational, you should worry about these things a little bit in the back of your head kind of a way, excuse me, way. Mm-hmm. But currently... I'm just like my, my adrenal glands are a little overworked after the last couple of days. And I'm just I'm kind of glad because I just don't give a shit anymore. It's just you can tell me whatever might be sources said this, that and the other thing. But until I see some concrete contracts being signed, I don't care. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm, I'm going to mostly be chill. I, I've got a lot of friends who are trash talking me and saying, you know, oh, Kyrie's leaving. <laughs> Here goes your window. It's already over. Uh, what are your thoughts on the possibility of Danny Ainge saying that the Celtics will give him whatever he wants to trade for AD? Because you have a lot of players that are, you know, pretty interesting for the Pelicans in Tatum, in Brown, in Smart, in guys that we have really, really come to love here in Boston. Well, they'll get comfortable. A pretty reputable with source in saying that Danny Ainge said that. Don't get comfortable with them because they might not be in green next year. Whoever it is, whether it's Gordon Hayward, any player that's not Kyrie Irving is on on the block for, for Anthony Davis, as they should be. As much as I don't like the idea of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum playing for another team, intellectually I am aware of the fact that that is probably a better deal with, with a guarantee. Now, that is the kicker here, and I wrote an article about this not too long ago, to that effect, stating that Danny Ainge is not going to sign away all of these players and most of Boston's roster in, in draft cachet for a one-year rental unless he has Kyrie Irving. He will take that risk if he has Kyrie Irving under contract for multiple years. If he doesn't, say hello to Terry Rozier, your new point guard, because I think that that is the only possible outcome where, A, we don't trade for AD and B that if we do trade for AD that we do it without a guarantee. So um, Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's a very good chance if we trade for AD that there will be most of the players that we have on our roster now playing like a starting anyway, I think a fair amount of them, two starters and possibly one or two significant depth pieces are going to be in that deal just because we're dealing with a small market team that needs to keep people coming in. They need some name cachet 
to make that happen. So you wouldn't think it normally that they might want a Gordon Hayward with a very high ceiling, but also a fairly low floor from where he's currently at. But they might actually be into his name cachet for that reason. Same with Al Horford. You wouldn't think that they would want someone with a year left on their, their, you know, current deal, but he does have name cachet. And then if he opts in, then you have a guy um, on your roster that is pretty damn good. uh, And with the pieces they have could make them a fairly competitive team, I think, even in the West. So, I mean, be prepared for just about anything in terms of what could be moved. Very important note also being that all Danny Ainge has to do right now is get them to hold him, hold on to Anthony Davis past the deadline. Yep. That's the only thing he has to do right now. So, a guy who's referred to as Trader Danny could just be completely lying to them to keep him off the Lakers. And And maybe he's only going to say whatever, but he could be saying everybody's available, but all he has to do is just convince them that they have to stay. He is definitely saying that. He he could just be saying like, it could, it could just be a complete fabrication of the truth. Well, it could be, it could be a strategic framing because the, the key, and you kind of hit on this is just as he has to have the best offer come summer. So whatever the best possible offer is this summer is what you're going to get is, is not a lie and is basically also saying everybody's on the roster. Everybody on the roster, not named Kyrie is going to be there because clearly Kyrie Irving minus or Anthony Davis minus Kyrie Irving is a rental. So Mm -hmm. let's, we, in a way to try and frame this better, you and I and, and Mark, decided to, to look at this from a perspective of a lot of rumors have been said this week, but there have been so many bad rumors in the NBA over the past 15 years, over the past, really, I, probably since the NBA started, since the NBA media became legitimate. Let's, let's kind of break down those because there's been so many that Celtics fans have been frustrated with. You can look at Kevin Durant being one of the, the I guess Boston being one of the top options for him. That obviously didn't come to fruition. Paul Pierce was supposedly leaving every single year. And then finally KG shows up and, and he's in it until he gets traded to Brooklyn. There's been so many rumors and so many of them have been so fun to listen to and to read on Twitter. And that's partially why the NBA is one of the best Twitter sports. <laughs> but what have been some of your favorite rumors that ended up just being complete, just absolute lies to fans? Well, a lot of them are really relevant to teams that are involved in, in this particular moment, like DeAndre Jordan going to Dallas, or then not, and then actually showing up later. Yeah, we, we've got to we've got to break that down because that was my that's like so many rumors in one day on like July second, like supposedly Mark Cuban driving around searching for DeAndre oh, Jordan, Lord, yes. like all of that stuff was tweeted as though it were true, and it was just it wasn't even close to the truth. So that was one of my favorite storylines from the NBA, like ever in free agency. And that was just all just, just Twitter. It was just people just be believing a random tweet that they saw. But Mark Cuban wasn't dry, begging for DeAndre's phone number. Like Blake Griffin supposedly like barricading the door closed to his home. That was all fixed. That was hilarious. We've got everyone to the Lakers, Chris Paul, Paul George, LaMarcus Aldridge, all mm. future Lakers. Wait, no, not future Lakers. Strange how that works. <laughs> it's almost as if uh, a bunch of public relations 
blitzing and bad management do not equal success. The Paul George one is big. The Paul George one is huge because that's the most recent and one where it seemed like the Thunder were supposedly taking a rental. It was a sure thing. They ended up holding on to him in, in Oklahoma City. And I think that this summer will also be defining with what uh, Kawhi Leonard does. And a guy who also has been linked to really wanting to go to L.A. And who seems pretty content in Toronto right now. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes. I, I think that a lot of players want to supposedly play for the Lakers, and a lot of them don't. And those rumors that you just said are, are a handful of the tons of players that want to play in L.A. and don't do it. So I, I like the idea that these rumors have always just been, for the most part, fake. I mean, I feel like if, if they were true, LeBron would have built a much better team than what he has around him. The one that's gone, you know, that's put his team at 500 while he's missed 18 games. So, Well, don't forget that LeBron James said that uh, it was going to be a very big day in New York City in 2010. True. Wait. That didn't True. happen. Anyway, moving along. Uh, basically, the point is really just to keep in mind, look at your calendar, and if it's the week before the trade deadline, then diminish the likelihood of any reporting you, you see being true by 50% or greater. It doesn't mean it's not based on a kernel of truth. Just recognize that things are going to be thick with agenda. Yeah, and and just this, this particular week of um, – the last decade is probably one of the most crazy uh, weeks of misinformation out there. That's that's fair. And it's it is. It's really it is silly and it's fun. And Brad Stevens said that he said that it's like it's just a lot. It's a collection of a lot of just fun rumors. And it's really it's really engaging to subscribe to and to believe it all and to make your own narrative of where you think the players are going to go and to speculate all this stuff. It makes part of February really fun the middle of the season where it's not all that exciting as far as the gameplay goes necessarily, but it's not the playoffs yet. The playoff push hasn't started yet. It's winter. It's cold, extremely cold in some places, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's makes it a lot more fun. And I think that's why a lot of these are picking up a lot of traction because they are just really silly and they're really fun to listen to and read. So I, I agree. I think that those ones that we said that ended up being completely fake, those were fun too. And they were believed by a lot of people. And these, maybe in six months, will say, how the hell did we think that Kyrie was going to go to L.A. when Anthony Davis sitting on the Milwaukee Bucks or something? Like some insane thing will have happened. <laughs> we're going to be like, why did anybody think that would have happened? So it is. It's fun. And it is. Uh, with that being said, I think we should also have fun by looking at what happens if all this stuff goes wrong and we do have that to trade so fun, if, we do, if we do <laughs> if Kyrie bails on July 1st and goes to LA and I mean at that point we don't trade for AD right is that is that me <laughs> or do we trade for Anthony Davis it doesn't really make any sense and then our window is still open it's just further ahead in the future as the rest of the core develops now that's not optimal you know we all want to ring sooner but I do believe that with out Kyrie Irving and the right moves in the meantime to pick up uh, supporting talent, there's an excellent chance, particularly with all the picks that Boston will not be sending out, that they can find one of those guys to push them over the edge. And 
in the window that we're talking about, which is probably going to get pushed to two to three seasons beyond this one at the soonest. Um, in that scenario, there's there's just too many moving pieces to realistically be able to gauge what could and could not happen in terms of competition. Mm -hmm. And plenty of opportunities for a guy as adept as Danny has shown to be picking up a Kyrie Irving. Danny can make some magic from, from very little in terms of stuff that other teams would normally yes. want. And I think that's fair. Do you think that it'd be harder to trade for AD, assuming we keep Kyrie because of Danny's reputation? I mean, we, we've looked at all these these guys that we've supposedly been in on, Paul George being one of them, uh, Jimmy Butler being another, guys that had extremely high price tags from the Celtics or for the Celtics and then ended up going for almost nothing to their current teams. Or, well, I guess in Jimmy Butler's case, to their... I mean, again, he actually, same kind of idea. But do you think that Anthony Davis will have a higher price tag from the Celtics? Um, the, the, Anthony Davis is going to have a high price tag for anybody. Uh, I do think there is a very small chance we might get a favorable shake out of Del Demps just because of how irritated they are with Los Angeles. Uh, but I do think that most realistically, it's going to be the highest price any team can pay and we'll be the team that can pay that. Uh, I don't think there's another team out there or another team, another player out there other than say maybe Kevin Durant or Giannis that would command a similar kind of frenzy and package for the deal itself. If you can, you can, you know, correct me if you think that I'm wrong, but I, there's just some players where it doesn't really matter. Like all that matters is what the GM wants and the GM gets what they want or not. I think uh, I think that it would be lower for the Celtics in that I don't think that the Pelicans would want to trade him within conference, and maybe that's just a I I, I just don't think that they would want to do that. And the Lakers they could acquiesce to what AD supposedly wants, but it's what's best for the franchise. And Boston probably would be if the Celtics are truly going to offer what they're going to offer. Uh, if we don't land him, we probably build youth right. Stick with JB and and, and JT. Uh, maybe extend Terry if he's open to that. Um, with a obviously with a starting opportunity, assuming Kyrie's left, this is still in the contingency section. And then we could chase a big guy. There are some big guys in the market this this summer. Um, or find a way to trade to for somebody. Isn't KD a free agent this summer? He wants to go to LA too, apparently. <laughs> Uh, or the, oh, no, no, he wants to go to New York, not not L.A. Or maybe he, uh, he wants, wants to go to, to go, L.A. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a plenty of free agents out there who could be had for a sign and trade. Uh, we still don't know what's going on with Al Horford and what would happen if Kyrie opts out. So that's another thing that I haven't been hearing people talking about. And, yeah, sure, we may be – poised to offer him uh, more years than anyone in terms of what he could make over the course of time, even at a, a lower rate. But imagine how fun it will be next season if we lost Kyrie and Al Horford. Um, mm -hmm. you know, a little nightmare scenario for you. So I don't know. I don't want to think about this too, too much just because there's a lot of ways that it could go sideways, but there's also a lot of things that can be done in terms of big names out there, in terms of shaking things up. So, you know, signs and trade, excuse me, sign and trades, just trades. Uh, and 
again, I want to keep beating this drum. We could have as many as four, probably three, and definitely two picks coming in this next draft, uh, all of which, uh, save Boston's pick, um, are likely to be from a range where you can expect to find at least rotation talent, if not a star. So mm-hmm. I am not freaking out about anything. I don't know how much we can really dive into contingencies at this point with what we don't know, but the sky is not falling. I agree. Let's focus on the present. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> okay. probably the best. That's 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 fair. I think that we've we've sufficiently broken this down and beat the dead horse quite a bit. Uh, current Celtics iteration with Kyrie, with Horford, with Tatum, with Brown. Uh, almost took down the Warriors, and it was the only loss, and also the one home loss all month. First time that the Celtics have gone ten and one since like the eighties. So. Good time to be a Celtics fan. Uh, Jason or Jalen Brown has improved significantly. Uh, you can look at Mark D'Amico, who's been just plugging him hard since uh, December sixth, I think. December third, December sixth. He's been incredible. Um, has been playing at almost an All Star level. And then you can look at Hayward, who has struggled but still has been playing pretty all right. Yeah, he had a good stretch of four games where he scored in double digits and, and was a net positive. Uh, and he was like a plus 33 the other night recently, too. So, I mean, he definitely has some serious roller coaster action going on. The, the, the main problem with Hayward, as much as he's been very bad on some nights, is consistency. You know, mm-hmm. hopefully the good consistency, not the bad consistency. Yeah, and it, it, there, there seems to be an upward trajectory. I mean, you have those those bad games. Uh, against Golden State, that's tough. I mean, you're playing the best team in the game, and then he was held to, I think, two points. Um, was held to two the following night as well. So th- that was that was tough to see. But I, I think generally we're starting to see an upswing from him. Uh, I, I don't know why he only plays extra, like all star level against the Timberwolves, but he's only playing all star level against the Timberwolves to the tune of like 30 points both games. So I'd love to see that come out against any other team. But, you know, maybe, maybe it's just he really hates Minnesota and that really gets, I don't know, something gets him fired up about that. But for whatever reason, uh, I'd love to see that against other teams. And if we can get that like two more times in the next month, then I'll be really happy. And I think fans will be too. And then obviously more, I think anybody would be more excited. But that, that'd be fun to see. Uh, Kyrie is starting in the All-Star game. He's also going to captain or coach the Rising Stars Challenge. Going to coach... Yep. Jason Tatum in that. Uh, Jason Tatum did not make the reserves, and I don't think he's going to. Didn't I see Dwayne Wade took the other spot, or am I just imagining that? No, those are going to be special slots. Dwayne Wade and uh, Dirk Nowitzki are going to be granted special uh, retirement tour slots, I guess. Basically kind of doing something similar to what was de facto done with uh, Kobe when he retired, except adding additional spots. I think they should add one East and one West on your way out. Have a nice trip. Been great kind of slots. I think they Has should Dirk already this. said he's retiring? What's that? Have I missed that? Has Dirk already said he's retiring? Did I miss that? Uh, I don't know if he's formally said it off the top of my head, but I think the he's left the door wide open as far as that is concerned. Hmm. Well, 
I hope not. I like Dirk. But if with that being the case, Oladipo was a reserve, but he's obviously injured. And that could leave the window open for Tatum. I doubt Were it. Were you surprised that he wasn't on the original reserves? No, no, not really. Just because he doesn't really deserve to be on them. He's close, but there's there's some people ahead of him, I think. D'Angelo Russell, I think, is being looked at as his most likely replacement. And in terms of, you know, like Tatum has done great this year. I don't want to diminish what Tatum has done, but he has not done as well as he could have, mostly because of his his mid-range fetishization uh, but also yeah. for, for some other, other th- you know, lack of growth, really. He hasn't done worse. He just hasn't really done better, and his shot selection has gotten worse. Whereas no one really expected D'Angelo Russell to do particularly well this season, and he's done great. And they don't have many guards in terms of depth uh, on, on the East. So I, I think it's going to end up being Russell, and he probably deserves it a little bit more. Not a lot. Don't get me wrong. I am not casting aspersions on Jason, just that he needs to be a little bit better than he was to get, to get the nod, in my opinion. And, you know, unless he unless he has a 40-point game tonight, I don't think he's making it. Yeah. No, that's that's, that's fair. Um, upcoming week, we got the Knicks on Friday. Uh, a couple road games, which is not the best for the, the Celtics, but Knicks at MSG, then the Thunder at home on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Go Pats. And then a couple days later, Cleveland in uh, Quicken Loans, the, the t- intimidating arena that it is. <laughs> uh, week prediction? Um, we beat New York, we beat Oklahoma City, and we lose to Cleveland because what? Ow. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> that, no. <laughs> Don't say that. Oh. All right. Good. Well, that's a, a really oof. All right. <laughs> Thanks for your optimism, Justin, as always. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com, where we have all our shirts and hoodies in our store, and you can get tickets. Uh, hopefully not to see the Celtics lose in Quicken Loan to the Cavaliers, but if that's what you want to do, you can get those tickets under that heading. You can find the pod on Wooshka, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and most podcatcher apps. Though, if something like that happens, I would understand if you just break your phone. But <laughs> don't, because they're expensive, and that will be bad for the environment because of all the waste it generates. But what is not bad for the environment is you subscribing so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please rate us five stars. If you don't like something, please do not rate us less than five stars. Tell us how to fix it. And we will fix it. So we're working on it. We're trying. We hear you, you can, listeners. We can any any article or on Twitter with a hashtag CLPOD CLPod. We are always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage the way you want. Yes, you the way you like it. Take care, y'all. Try not to go crazy. It'll be over sooner than you know it.